Hey everybody out there in podcast land, this is Chris, the Public Safety Guru, bringing you another episode of our EMT Series Season 2. Before we get started, you're going to start seeing a change to the titles of the Season 2. The reason for that is we're putting this podcast lectures into learning modules. There's going to be eight modules to this series, and those modules are Module 1, Foundation, Module 2, Patient Assessment, Module 3, Pharmacology, Module 4, Shock, Module 5, Medical Emergencies, Module 6, Trauma Emergencies, Module 7, Special Consideration and Emergencies, and last, Module 8, EMS Operations. Well, in reality, this lecture would be Lecture 5 in most textbooks. This lecture is 4 of 6 of the Foundation Block, and as such has been labeled accordingly. It is my opinion that this new format will mimic the lessons that you have in your particular program, as well as allowing those who are prepping for National Registry to focus on particular modules. Remember, you can send me feedback about this podcast to thepublicsafetyguru at gmail.com. All right, let's get to some EMT learning now. Medical terminology. Lecture 4 of 6 of the Foundation Block. In this lecture, the student will be exposed to the basics of medical terminology and how medical terms are composed and how an EMT can break up a word to understand the meaning of that word. This lecture will also expose the EMT student to the body planes to help enhance how an EMT documents injuries. As with other lectures, we're going to identify the knowledge domains that the EMT student should know at the end of this lecture and podcast. All right, knowledge domain number one, purpose of medical terminology. Number two, the four components of a medical term. Number three, breaking down medical terms. Number four, interpret medical abbreviations, acronyms, and symbols. And last, understanding directional terms and body positions. If you were actually in my physical class, I would tell you to break out three by five cards and put the following terms as well as their definitions on these cards so you can memorize them. Those terms are anterior, posterior, superior, inferior, proximal, distal, medial, superficial, prone, supine, fowlers, and semi-fowlers. Medical terminology, anatomy, and physiology are the foundation to EMT and paramedic studies. From this point forward in your emergency medical career, you will build your knowledge of medical terms. All right, let's now talk about medical terminology anatomy. There are four parts per se to medical terminology anatomy. The first one is the word root. This is the foundational word that we're gonna build upon. The next will be a prefix. A prefix is placed before a root word. Or you could have a suffix, and this is placed at the end of the root word. And then the last component is what we call combining vowels. This is a way that allows us to join different root words to give a particular meaning to a medical term. Let's discuss root words a little bit more in depth. Once again, this is the main word. I'll give you an example. Cardia. Cardia means heart. 
However, if we add a prefix to the word cardia, we can give cardia a different meaning. An example is this. Putting the word tachy, spelled T-A-C-H-Y, which means fast, will now mean that tachycardia means fast heart or fast heart rate. You will find that there will be many, many words that will utilize this format. A prime example is hypertension, hypotension. Hypertension is high blood pressure. Hypotension is low blood pressure. So with that, let's talk about prefixes. Prefixes are placed in front of a root word to change the meaning. Usually describes a location or intensity. Well, I just gave you that as an example with intensity. Hypotension is low blood pressure. Hypertension is high blood pressure. So it's giving us the intensity of what is going on with our patient. Prefixes can also be used for numbers, colors, positions, and directions. We're now going to discuss suffixes. Suffixes are placed at the end of a root word and usually will indicate a procedure, condition, disease, or part of speech. Now, an example of this would be pancreatitis. So we have pancrea, which is the pancreas, and then we give it the suffix itis, which is inflammation of. Putting pancreas and itis together to form the word pancreatitis will now tell us that the pancreas has some type of inflammation. And this is how suffixes will work. Unfortunately, this next part is, I would say, a little bit confusing as we start talking about combining vowels. Combining vowels connect a root word to a suffix or other root words. In the majority of cases, it's going to be an O that will be utilized. However, it can be an I or an E. Combining vowels help with pronunciation of a term. What about making medical terms plural? Making a medical term plural is not as simple as just adding an S as with regular English words. Take note to the following singular word endings. When medical terms end in A and it needs to become plural, that new plural will be AE. IS changes to ES. EX changes to ICES. IX changes to ICES. ON changes to A. UM changes to A and U.S. changes to I. Now, I don't want you to get all worrisome about that last part. As you go throughout your program, you're going to start learning new words, and obviously you're going to learn how to spell them as well as pronounce them. This is just giving you the general rules of how to make a medical term plural. Additionally, there should be really no testing of the information I just gave you. Your testing on medical terminology should consist of certain terms and their definitions, as well as either making terms or breaking terms up. But as far as being tested on those exact rules, I still have not seen that on the National Registry exam, nor have I seen it in any programs that I've been involved with. Now, there are words called special word parts. And we're going to be talking about prefixes that can be used for numbers, colors, positions, and directions. For example, under numbers, we have uni, which is one, multi, which obviously is just multi, and bi for two. For colors, 
You might have what you see Luke for leukocytes, which would be white blood cells, and erythro for red. And if you put that in front of sites, erythrocytes for red blood cells. These are prime example of some special word roots. Under special word roots, we also have those prefixes for positions and directions. For positions, you might see prefixes such as de, circum, peri, trans, epi, and supra. And for directions, you may see ab and ad. Now let's talk about actual directions, movement, and positions. So this first category will be directions. So when we talk about right and left, we're talking about the patient's right and left and not yours. The word superior you're going to see, and this is the body part closest to the head. Opposite of superior is inferior. So that's gonna mean this is gonna be the body part nearer to the feet. Another term we have for directions is lateral. And these are body parts that lie further from the midline. Next, we have medial, which are body parts that lie closer to the midline. And now we have proximal. This describes the relationship of any two structures on an extremity. Structures that are closer to the trunk. Then we have distal. These are structures that are further from the trunk. Another term to describe the deepness of a wound would be superficial, which is closer to the surface of the skin. Then we have the word deep, which is now further inside of the body tissue. Some last terms for anatomical positions would be ventral. This is the abdominal side of the body, also considered the anterior surface. And of course, there is now dorso, which is the spine side of the body, which is also considered the posterior surface. Palmar, P-A-L-M-A-R is the front region of the hand or otherwise your palm. And then we have plantar, which is the bottom of the foot. And the last directional term is apex. This is the tip of a surface. We used the word midline just recently. And midline is basically the imaginary line that divides the body from left to right and runs down the center of the body. When you think body anatomy, you also have to reference the anatomical position. The anatomical position is when the patient is standing facing you with their arms to their side, palms facing outward towards you. That is the anatomical position and you have probably seen many, many pictures of that. All right, let's talk about some movement now and what terms we use to describe certain movements. The first term is flexion. This is the bending of a joint. Think about flexing your biceps. The next would be extension. This is straightening of a joint. And this example or an example would be making your leg straight. The next term we have is adduction, spelled A-D-D-U-C-T-I-O-N. This is the motion towards the midline. Think about adding to the body. And then we have abduction. This is motion away from the body. The best way to remember the differences between adduction and abduction is adduction is spelled A-D-D. So we're adding something to the body as opposed to abduction, which would be taking away from the body. We also have some terms to describe body positions. The first term is bilateral. 
This is a body part that appears on both sides of the body. The next will be prone. This is when the patient is lying face down. And then we have supine. This is when the patient is lying face up. Now we have two terms called Fowler's and semi-Fowler's and generally these are positions when the patient is on your gurney already. Under Fowler's, this is when the patient is sitting at a 90 degree angle. And then semi-Fowler's will be when the patient is sitting a little bit back, possibly at a 45 degree angle. The last part of your lecture, your instructor should be talking about breaking medical terms apart. You can use your understanding of medical terminology to take words apart to understand their meaning. As a suggestion, they always say to begin with the suffix and work backwards. For your examples, try these when you go offline. They will be neuropathy, N-E-P-H-R-O-P-A-T-H-Y. And then you have dysuria, D-Y-S-U-R-I-A, then hyperemesis, H-Y-P-E-R-E-M-E-S-I-S, and then analgesic, A-N-A-L-G-E-S-I-C. Once again, I recommend that you take three by five cards, go to the back of your textbook and start putting all of those medical terminologies on these cards so you can test yourself when you're at school, when you're at work, or you're just sitting watching TV. That is the way I learned my medical terminology, even though I probably did not pronounce those last four words right. Thanks again for your support and listening to this podcast, and please share this podcast with your fellow EMT students. Last, don't forget that you can head on over to thepublicsafetyguru.com to take a look at additional resources, and also stay tuned as I am developing an app that takes all the podcasts, the exclusive study guides, and puts them onto an app that you can access from your smart device or phone. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for your support. Happy learning and happy EMTing. This is Chris, the Public Safety Guru, saying good luck.